WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. Well, it is the 17th of December. I don't know how many shopping days are left before Christmas, but not many. So if you're planning on shopping, I suppose it's as good a time as any to do it. Uh, we, will be, we will be here both Christmas Eve day and New Year's Eve day. Right, Jesse? Yes, that's the yes. plan. There we go. Yeah. Which is roughly when I start my Christmas shopping. So, yeah, yeah, at the, yeah, at the Seven Eleven down near your house. Or? <laughs> Unfortunately, usually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, we're here. We're gonna we're here live. Uh, you know, to answer your calls and comments and questions about cars. But with us today is Tim O'Laughlin. He is a dealer sales manager for Ford Pro, and at AAA, just to give you an an example of what we're doing when it comes to vehicles and electrification we have two driving school cars that are electric we have 12 or so ford lightning pickup trucks that we're using for battery delivery we have i think 24 more on order and they could be in for as far as i know and i think by the year 2030 we're hoping that any vehicle that we use that can run on electricity we're going to try to use it and we have level three charging stations in all of our fleet locations um to be provide you know essentially hot swaps of so we can have a driver in a vehicle he can run it for the his shift come back while the truck is being cleaned up and equipment's being changed around it can be on the charger and 40 minutes later it's being charged up we we kind of put it together on our own, but Tim, I believe that's where you sort of help um, commercial businesses figure it all out, right? That that is correct. That is correct. Thanks for having me on today, John. I appreciate it. So um, we've um, we've had twenty one what we call power up boot camps across the country for our commercial sales consultants, and what we want to do is. Uh, train all of our sales consultants on, you know, how to talk with the customers and, you know, um, identify, um, you know, what vehicle is right for the customer, whether it's a gas vehicle or an ice vehicle, we call it, or an electric vehicle. And it's really all about the power of choice, having the choice of an ice vehicle or a gas vehicle or a electric vehicle for the customer. Or I suppose in some cases, something like your hybrid F-150 that can do a little bit of both, right? That's exactly correct. Yeah, we offer uh, obviously a lot of different trim levels on F-150, but the hybrid is one, right? It's um, it's gas and electric, and uh, we have an ice version, a gas version, and, and then also a fully electric version. So again, it's really all about the, the power of choice for the customer. We want we want the customer to have these choices and fig- and so we can figure out or they can figure out what works best for their uh, business model, right? Um, a lot of fleets, uh, you know, we, we deal with a lot of fleets, fleets that have, you know, five vehicles or hundreds of vehicles. Um, and this, uh, this gives them the choice to, to start to convert, you know, vehicles to 
um, electric or uh, hybrid in some cases. Yeah, uh, we kind of across the country with AAA. I know we have some, we have a few e-transits that people, are, some of our clubs are using. Some of them are uh-huh. using it for uh, um, actually portable or or um, on-demand tire service, not. Yep. Not a flat repair, but, you know, have a tire changer and a balancer in the back of the truck so they can uh, deliver tires and mount them on customer vehicles. Uh, we've used some of those. And, and those, the the e-transit has a bit of a shorter range. I think it's, what, maybe 120 miles or something like that? Correct. Yep. A little yep. bit more than that. I believe it's yep. like 134, but, yep, a little, yep. Bit, little bit shorter. Yep. And and we've found that in and they're being primarily used in Southern California. We've found that uh, they seem to do everything they're supposed to do, and the range hasn't seemed to be a problem. We're out here on the East Coast, though. You know, we see temperatures that can vary from, you know, ten below zero to a hundred degrees. You know, over the course of a year. And is that where you help educate your commercial buyers on? finding the right vehicle for them, especially if a lot of what they do is is uh, in very cold temperatures? Correct, yeah. And, and part, of the, part of the boot camps that we did across the country talked about um, things like preconditioning, for example. And, and we understand what, if you're in a hotter climate or a colder climate, it's going to cause <clears throat> it's going to cause the range uh, to come down a little bit. So one thing that we talk to our, you know, customers and commercial sales consultants is, for example, preconditioning. It's important to be able to precondition the battery to get the maximum uh, range out of it. So whether you're in a, you know, cold climate or a hot climate, you should always precondition it, especially in a colder climate where it's going to heat it up and um, it's going to make that that battery, it's going to put it to a certain temperature where you're going to get the maximum range out of it. And what's nice about that is the customer can do it in the vehicle, so right in the autotainment screen. You can do it on Ford Pass. You can, you can set the preconditioning, or you can set it in e-telematics. So we have what we call e-telematics for fleet customers, and it's complimentary for a year on, on all of our electric vehicles where a fleet manager could go in and, for example, I think you said you have 12 lightnings. You could go in and make sure that those light, lightnings are set to precondition at a certain time, and they don't all have to be set at the same time. You could set um, you know, individual vehicles at, at different times also. So we're, we're, um, you know, we're really starting to add, you know, we have a lot of tools and resources for customers that they can use. And uh, we're really trying to get the word out to, you know, dealerships and customers so that they, they know that we have all these resources out there and then and they can take advantage of them. And this, you know, some people talk about, you know, what's going on in the industry and whether it's electrification or not. But this really is, and I've, I've said it now for years, this really is sort of the new golden age of vehicles where, as you pointed out, you have choices. You have gasoline, diesel, electric, hybrid, and for the customer, and especially the commercial customer, it may be a little bit overwhelming. I know we have always been traditionally with all of our bigger tow trucks and ramp trucks, they were always diesel, but we have 
we have converted about 50% of that fleet to gasoline because uh, gasoline vehicles are a little kinder on the environment and decided that you know we're going we're going to go with uh, gasoline trucks and you know and we're hoping we're hoping to see the same longevity that we saw in the diesels so um it really is it really is a uh, an ability to have this sort of choice these days right it, it really is yep it's it's really the it's really the power of choice and um, with EV, uh, John, it's a little bit of a lifestyle change, right? And there's a little bit more that you have to plan for. And you need to understand, you know, the miles that you're driving each day, what type of charging you're going to take advantage of. There's, there's really three different types of charging. There's depot charging, home charging, and, and public charging. But the good thing is, is Ford and Ford Pro has all these tools out there and has thought about all these things. And the example I would give you is we have the Ford Blue Oval Charging Network with over 106,000 charging stations. We're adding Tesla superchargers next next year to the Ford uh, Blue Oval Charge Network. So we're making all of these things available for the customer. We also have a uh, charging team within Ford Pro that um, will uh, work with customers from start to finish on, you know, what types of chargers are needed. And, again, depot, public, home charging. And we also offer uh, chargers to customers, too, if they want to go through Ford Pro or Ford and order chargers. They can certainly do that. Or, um, you know, if they want to go through an outside company, that's, that's fine also, but we offer all those services within the company because the way that we think about commercial customers is we want it to be a one-stop shop for the commercial customer. So we want to be able to, you know, handle the customer from, from start to finish and, you know, have all these great resources and tools so they don't have to search around with, uh, with other companies and, and a lot of different other options. Now, the 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 boot camp you talked about, you know, that was to work with your sales folks, sales consultants, and help them educate the current customers and 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 potential future customers. Now, you know, you're always going to run into the negative person that is, you know, says, uh, "Yeah, these electric vehicles, it's just a fad." How do you how do you kind of uh, address that within your own organization sometimes when you have somebody that just doesn't seem to understand or do you just have them try to live with a vehicle for a week and see what they think of it yeah so something that we do urge customers to do and we've had a a lot of fleets that are interested in electric vehicles and we're seeing that you know 50 50 or 60 percent of customers are interested um in electric vehicles and um, it's really getting them to understand how the electric vehicle works, um, you know, the miles that they drive each day and what they need to do in order to kind of maintain or, uh, you know, be able to charge the vehicle. So when we look at fleets right now, and let's just say, for example, we take a, you know, a fleet of 20 vehicles, in a lot of cases, uh, those fleets, the vehicle, each vehicle is not doing the same thing every day. So, we try to we try to look at the opportunity. The sales consultants try to look at the opportunity to say what vehicles would be good 
as an electric vehicle. And it seems like in some cases, maybe 20, 25% of the vehicles within fleets, they could use the electric application and be able to implement it into their business. So it's really, it's really kind of educating the customer, right? There's customers that come to us and say, hey, we want to try it. We understand it. You know, we have a charger already. And then there's the other customer that we have to talk to about it so that they understand it. I think you're always going to kind of have the, um, you know, the truck buyer, right? Trucks are, you know, big and have a lot of horsepower and they sound good, right? Um, so it, it, it's definitely a little bit of a lifestyle change, to, uh, you know, to come over to a, uh, an electric vehicle. And what a lot of customers don't know, it, it's actually really fun to drive an electric vehicle. There's there's so many different, you know, features that, that come along with it. And we just urge customers to really to try them out. And again, you're, you, you have a choice within your fleet. And if you can't convert 100% of the vehicles, you know, maybe it's, you know, 30 to 50% of the vehicles that that you can convert and, you know, take advantage of electric vehicles. Yeah, I, I remember back, uh, it was probably almost a year ago now, I had somebody on from a moving company, and they had a, one of their smaller box trucks that they bought, and it was fully converted to electric. And they use it primarily in Boston and Cambridge for local yep. moves. And they yep. said two things. It works out good because they also have a warehouse that they had solar panels put on the roof. So they're like, you know, we're kind of filling the batteries up for free. And we also found out because this is our, you know, kind of this is our electric truck. We've gotten customers that call us up just because they want to be moved with a vehicle that isn't sitting outside with the diesel engine running running for the afternoon. Yep. And they said, you know, there, there are customers, and and they specifically request the electric vehicle as part of the as part of the move. And they found out it sort of worked out. And they said, and even the guy who did this, who drives an electric car on his own, but he said, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was really going to work. He said. I gotta tell you, for the for the um, you know in city moves that are less than a hundred miles a day, he said this vehicle has worked out perfectly, and it doesn't cost me anything because the solar panels on the roof replenish the batteries. Yep, we've had um, so we have dealers that um, you know that do mobile service. So we have dealers that that use e transit. Um, we have dealers and. Um, you know, uh, aftermarket parts companies that use e-transit for hotshot delivery. So if you're, you know, driving around the city or, you know, it goes, you know, 20, 30 miles from, from the location, we've seen a lot of flower shops use it um, because they can, you know, drive somewhere 10, 15 minutes away. They come back and they, um, you know, they plug it in. We've seen local communities. So, you know, if you're... Um, if you're taking people from, you know, different locations within, you know, different communities, like a big golf community, you know, they've used them for that purpose. So, yeah, we've seen a, a lot of people, you know, implement it for uh, a lot of, um, you know, different uses. Yeah, I think I think in, in some circles it's sort of called last mile delivery. So sort of Amazon, the post office, places like that. And I always thought the post office, and I guess there's, they're going to go to that, that kind of solution at one point but the idea that those vehicles don't go very far 
and at the end of the night they go back to the garage where they can kind of quietly charge up online and you know and they're ready to go for the next day so there there are you know some really good examples of vehicles that yep. don't get driven a lot that uh but you see them a lot at the same time so you you see the you see the mail truck you see the amazon truck you see the ups truck but realistically at the end of three years they don't have a lot of miles on them they may have a lot of time on them but they don't necessarily have a lot of miles and and that's where electric vehicles work out because that time that they're on the road doesn't really matter that much it it, it doesn't you're right and i heard you say the post office so um and don't quote me on the numbers but there was um they committed to a certain number of e-transit next year so you'll start to see the post office, um, you know, deliver mail within uh, within e-transit next year. And I, I think the number was 9,000 nationally. I think wow. they committed. But you'll start to see those vehicles, um, you know, hit the post offices next year. But there, there's just it, – it's all about finding the use case, really, right? And the, the fact of the matter is EV works for a lot of customers. They just – we need to be able to to educate the customers, and we we feel like we're in a lot better spot now with, you know, all the training that you know we've taken our our dealers through and our and our sales consultants through. So, it, business continues to pick up, and just like anything that's new, it's going to take you know uh, some time to ramp up. But you know, we're we're starting we're, we're continually seeing business, you know, increase uh, month over month, year over year. Yeah, and I think, you know, when I was talking to somebody the other day that said, well, an electric vehicle is only good if it's the third vehicle in your household. And I said, well, what do you mean third vehicle? And he goes, well, you know, it's, you know, it's good if you're going to run to the store, but it's not. And I said, well, tell me about your own, your own household. And he goes, well, you know, I drive about 12,000 miles a a year. You know, my wife probably only drives about 6,000 miles a year. So, So I was like, well, why couldn't, you know, the electric vehicle be that? vehicle that does the shorter miles and he goes well i guess it could and he said yeah i suppose there's times where my wife might want to go on a much longer ride and she could take my car and maybe that day i'm not driving as far so it is a little bit about trying to make it all fit and even your ceo farley kind of said he, what he, he took a, an electric car on a vacation trip or something and said eh, not for everybody yet I, or something like that right yeah, he took a uh, he took an F one fifty with his son to uh, to California, and uh, you know he just he wanted to show people the experience and um, you know and how it all works. But getting back to your comment on um, just electric vehicles in the household, I I like to call it share a garage. So it's really you know you have a nice vehicle or a gas vehicle in your garage, and then you can also have a have an EV vehicle, like you said, and right. You know, it just it, it meets a um, you know specific you know model or you know it, yeah. it's just if somebody doesn't need to drive a certain number of miles, it just it works perfect. Yeah, the hybrid the hybrid garage, the you know one's gas, one's not, and it does you know it does work. It can work for a lot of people, and and especially yeah. if they have the ability to charge at home. And and it's the same argument. Somebody said to me you know early on with electric vehicles. Oh, I, so I have to go home and charge up my car every day? And I said, what do you charge up now? And they go, well, what do you mean? And I said, do you charge your phone every night? Oh, yeah. Do you charge your laptop every night? Oh, yeah. 
Do you charge your tablet every night? Oh, yeah. I said, so what's one more thing to plug in and and know that you're never going to have to go to a gas station? And the person stopped to think for a minute and went, yeah, that's a pretty good trade-off. So it is yeah. a little bit about finding the right vehicles and finding finding you know finding that fit for the, that person that just says, oh, this is what I'm going to do. If people want more information, whether it's on a commercial side or just a little bit more information about electric vehicles in general, electric vehicles in general, I guess would just be Ford.com. But on this commercial side, uh, is there a, a separate uh, deep link or website for the Ford Pro side? There is, John Paul. So it's uh, it's FordPro.com would be the site to go to, and you can find out anything commercial. And it talks about our five key pillars within Ford Pro, which is software, service, charging, financing, and and obviously all of our vehicles. So, um, again, FordPro.com would be the spot to go to. Well, Tim, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your Sunday and and giving us a little bit more EV education on the Car Doctor program. Thanks for having me, John Paul. I appreciate it. And you have a great day. You have a great day and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you, too, and Happy New Year. Thank you. All right, thank you. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills? My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. If you want to join us, 781-837-4900 is the phone number, 781-837-4900. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com slash join. Since 1986, One Stop Painting has been true to its name. The one stop you need to make for all your interior and exterior painting needs. That's 1986, 38 years. Some of our customers today weren't even born when we were painting their moms and dads' homes. And painting isn't all we do. Sure, we can freshen up your house and add some new colors and washable finishes to the walls, but we can also do carpentry, such as adding crown molding or wainscoting, wall and plaster repairs, fix water and smoke damage. We can even help with insurance claims. For nearly four decades, we've taken on all projects, large and small, commercial and residential, and given you the same one-stop attention to detail no matter the size or price of the job. We are a family-run company responsible for over 30 employees. Your business helps us take care of their families while our employees take care of yours. Help keep them busy throughout the winter by taking advantage of some of our big seasonal discounts. Call us at 508-888-3500 or check us out online at onestoppainting.com. Hi, this is Jeff Neely. And this is Joe Clapp. And I'm Stephen Davis. We're Humble Roots. Tune into Twilight Showcase Radio. Hosted by Sandy Stride and Keith James. On 95.9 WATD and 95.9 WATD.com. And of course, visit twilightshowcase.org. Twilight Showcase, tonight from 8 to 10 on 95.9 WATD. Candy canes 
on the tree Santa's on his way He's filled his sleigh with things Things for you and for me It's that time of year When the world falls And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on 95.9 WATD, your Christmas music station. Well, for a second, at least, anyway. So uh, if you want to join us, 781-837-4900. Let's talk to, I think it was Arthur from Hanson. Arthur? Yeah. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I've been listening to your show, and I've been wanting to ask you a question for quite some time now. I have a 2014 Toyota RAV4. Yeah. I picked it up in 2017, and I've done all the recommended factory services. I've had the oil change on a regular basis, uh, and it's going through oil ridiculously. Uh, I did sign up for their maintenance program once, and they used bulk oil a couple times while I was on the program. Then we went back to the synthetic. Yeah. I'm wondering if that had anything to do with the oil consumption. No, probably. I mean, oil still, at the end of the day, oil still oil. I mean, it's, it, it is, you know, it's, you know, whether it's bulk oil that came out of, you know, came out of a drum, as long as it's the right, you know, 1030 or 520 or whatever the case is, as long as it's the same. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of oil consumption issues with this there's been a lot of little oil leaks on this engine do you see anything on the ground at all nothing hey brother uh he has friends that they graduated east coast aerotech yeah and they and one had his own his own repair shop he just recently sold it and they told me the same thing that uh, impossible look for oil leaks and i've been under there and i i don't it, it's dry i don't see anything yeah yeah, I mean, the other thing that we've seen a little bit of on some of these is just um, just piston ring wear. And unfortunately, and it's it's it, we've seen it in the we've seen it in the Camry which is basically the same engine, the 2.5 liter engine. And how many miles are on this? Arthur? Yeah. How many miles on how many miles on your Rev? 115. Yeah, I mean, that generally up around, you know, if you said to me I had 215,000, I'd tell you the piston rings were worn out. But you might be starting to see some, you know, and how much how much oil are you actually putting into it? Uh, a quart every 400, 500? Um, well, at, at first it started slowly. Uh, I was adding a quart between oil changes, maybe every three to four thousand okay and now it's like a quart every thousand uh, that isn't terrible still i mean it's it's un, it's it, that's an acceptable i hate to say it but that's an acceptable amount of oil if you're adding a quarter oil every thousand miles and what i would do is make sure you keep it you know keep it up on on that because you don't want to let it get down two quarts of oil because then you're starting to really cause some cause some wear and tear. But if you're order, if you're ordering you know if you're just putting in a quart of oil every thousand miles, 
at that point, it isn't even worth trying to fix it because you're going to spend way more in repairs. And I really do think the issue is some piston ring wear that we're starting to see. I mean, the engine in this isn't really known to be an oil burner, but I have seen some once they, once they, once they start to get a few more miles on them, and I think that engine, you know, you, you want to kind of stay with what's supposed to be in there for for uh, oil weight. I mean, years ago would tell you, I'll just switch to 1030 or something. But I think I think that I think that's a I think that's a 530 or maybe even a 520 weight oil is supposed to be in there. Um, at this point, I think really what I do is I, I think I hate to say it, but I think at this point you just need to accept it's going to use a quarter oil every thousand miles. Yeah, uh, that that's that, huh? Yeah, I you know I I wish there was something magic I could tell you that you know that it it isn't, but I think that uh, let me actually you you got me curious now. Let me look up what that what that is supposed to use for oil. That might even use zero. Oh, zero it's that, that might zero even 20. use zero twenty oil. Okay, and yeah. I mean that is you know that is watery thin oil. You know that is. That is some pretty that is some pretty thin oil in there, and like I said, it, at you know years ago would tell you you know something like that. Oh, that zero twenty, you know, just just bump that up to a ten thirty, and you'll you'll probably see your oil consumption go way down. Today's engines have such little teeny tiny passageways. You really need that thin oil to make sure everything gets lubricated correctly. And I think I just you know I think I just check the oil every you know every. 800 miles or so, make sure you keep it full. And the other thing you're going to see is probably, you know, you change the oil in that first couple thousand miles, it doesn't use any oil. Then all of a sudden you hit 2,200 and it's down a quart. And then it seems to go through a quart a little bit more often as the oil starts to break down. And that's fairly common. So I think at this point, you know, with a, a, a vehicle that's, you know, 10 years old and got over 100,000 miles on it, Except the fact you're going to have to add a quart of oil every thousand miles or so. Ah, all right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think you know. It used to be you could say, oh, something like valve seals wasn't too too expensive. But I think in this case, it really has to do with piston rings and the idea of you know pulling the pan, pulling the pistons, and you know honing the cylinders and put it all back together to try to stop an oil leak. Or try to stop oil consumption, you'd spend you'd spend three thousand dollars to do that, and it isn't it isn't it isn't worth it when you can just add a quart of oil every every month or however often you'd go a thousand miles. Oh, all right, I was hoping. Uh, I, I, you were you were you were hoping I you were hoping I could tell you change the oil sending unit and all your oil consumption issues would go away, but that isn't uh, it. No, uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wondering about a motor. Yeah. No, I think I think really I think you're going to get a lot of miles out of this still. I think you got another 100,000 miles to go, but you just got to make sure you keep that oil level full all the time. And I think I think you'll get another 100,000 miles out of this. Now, are there any additives that might help slow it down? I mean, you could try something like uh, you know, you could try some of the different oil additives, but they all they really do is kind of change the viscosity. Um I mean, you could you could, you could, you know, you know, try Lucas engine treatment and see if it does, see if it does anything. 
but I think at this point I would just I would just check the oil. You know, how how many miles do you drive in a year? Maybe ten. Maybe ten. So every month, you know, open the hood, pull the dipstick, check the oil, and if you need to add a quarter oil, add a quarter oil. That's what I would do. All right. I'll, okay. I'll, you know what? I, I had to. Uh, I've been underneath so much recently that I need to have them put a new oil pan on, anyways, because of the the rust. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that, that's not that's not a terrible job on that on that vehicle to do. But you know, at the same time, they're going to you know poke around under there and see what's going on. You know, just look for any you know signs of sludge or anything. But yeah, do you know do the oil pan? And like I said, I think I think you know with a with a little bit of care and maintenance on this, you're still going to get another hundred thousand miles out of it. So, I know I can go to a five twenty. The zero twenty, I can change the oil every ten, but I go before that anyways. Yeah. But with the five twenty, they recommend every five thousand, which I wouldn't care. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know why they would change the specification on the five twenty. That it doesn't seem to really make a whole lot of sense to me, but. Um, but I think the five the five twenty is gonna it, it might slow it down just a little bit. But um, like I said, I don't think I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna hurt the life of the vehicle. I think I think you're gonna be in I think you're gonna be in pretty good shape. So I mean that's just kind of the way I would look at it and see see what you got there. And um, you know it's as long as as long as you're doing the uh, the lower part of the oil pan, that's a two-piece oil pan on that engine. So as long as you're doing the lower part of the oil pan, as long as the top of it's in good shape, you know, it's only it's probably a couple hours labor and, you know, the uh, the pan itself is maybe a couple hundred bucks. So you can get that you can get that rusted oil pan taken care of for not a ton of money. But I would I would still, you know, I would still uh, uh, more than anything just check the oil pretty regularly and don't let it get down more than a quart because then you'll start to do some more engine wear. Okay, very good. Okay. Thank you. All right, thanks, Arthur. Have a good Christmas. Bye-bye. You also. Bye-bye. Our phone number is 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900. If you have a question about your car, you can give us a call and chat about what it's what's on your mind about oh, anything vehicle-related, uh, whether it's... Uh, you know, electric vehicles or gasoline vehicles or gas prices. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny. I did an interview yesterday morning, yeah, Saturday morning, very early, in a uh, uh, nice little radio station down in Westerly, Rhode Island. The uh, woman who, who hosts the program, her name is uh, Betty, Betty Jo Cugini, and um, she used to be on Channel 10 News out of Rhode Island uh, for years, and I believe she might have been a consumer reporter. And uh, her dad used to do the show, and her dad used to have me on fairly regularly. And then she kind of took over the show, and she calls me every once in a while. And I went and looked, and uh, Rhode Island gas prices, for instance, went down about 11 cents over the past week. And it really has to do with inventory at this point. Uh, we're, you know, gasoline, even though everything is going on in the world around us, it looks like the inventories are pretty good. And we're, you know, prices are going down. So good to see. Uh, a little bit of AAA news, too, by the way, uh, before we get to Mike and Bridgewater. Um AAA now, some locations, not all of them, but some locations are starting to do the TSA pre-check. So if you want 
which is different than Real ID. Real ID is where you go and you go get your license renewed and you've got to bring 58 forms of identification and then you can get on a plane without having a passport locally, I mean uh, domestically. Uh, but um, TSA pre-check means you skip the big line to go to the little line. And when I got TSA pre-check, I had to go to, a, I, I think I went to someplace in Easton, up near Stonehill College, and that's where you did it, and you brought your identification and everything, and then you got your your known traveler number where you could go in the short line, and you could keep your shoes on and your belt on and your light jacket on and keep your computer in your bag and all that stuff. Uh, but AAA is starting to do that now, and uh, you can go to uh, AAA.com, look it up. You do need to make an appointment, and you make the appointment um, with... Uh, you schedule an in-person appointment at the AAA branch location, but you do it through the TSA government website, so tsa.gov, and uh, you need to you need to make the appointment through the TSA website. We can't schedule it, but once you have your appointment, you can come to our offices where you'll be fingerprinted and your background check completed and all that sort of stuff. So um, just one, one more little feature for AAA members besides things like, um, you know, avoiding avoiding the uh, line at the registry. Let's talk to Mike in Bridgewater. Michael, good morning. Happy holidays, John. Have, happy holidays to you as well. Now, uh, this is not why I call it, but since you mentioned it, I believe I went to that same place in Easton that you got your uh, known traveler number from. Um, it, it, was, it, was, uh, it was almost kind of, I felt like I was being interrogated. Yes, yeah. and it's in a strip mall, it's the same yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's 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 next. It's next. To, I don't know. a Starbucks or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. May I just a question? So, if you've already got your known traveler thing, I think you can renew that over online. I think once you're a known traveler, so you don't have to go to to a yeah, place. Yeah, to- yeah, you don't have. Yeah, I, I, I. I think it's the same thing. I think it's, I think it's actually the same thing with Real ID. Uh, if you, you know, if you lived in Massachusetts and you had Real ID and you decided to move to Delaware, I think your Real ID travels with you too. So I think the same thing with the known traveler number. But um, it it will. I mean, there has been times where uh, where I would get t- uh, TSA pre-check. Before we were known travelers, I guess, and you know, my wife wouldn't get it, and I would get it, or it'd be the other way around. And sometimes the the big line wasn't as big as you thought. And there's times she got through the line before I did, or I got through the line before she did, even though one of us had pre-check. But there's other times that uh, I think the last time my wife flew back up north, um, she walked into the the airport here and she's like "Ooh, look at the line and she went over to the pre-check line there was only like six people in it and she buzzed right through it with no problem so having it you know having it is is pretty good and i like to i like to keep my shoes on when i walk through the airport you know <laughs> yeah you don't have to dine your socks the night before yeah i know exa- exactly because uh you know ever since i remember i forget who it was it was some like politician or something that uh he he had to take his shoes off to go through and and you know it was just the photo of the the hole in the heel of his socks that everybody saw you know so I don't want to be that person. Yeah, me too. Thanks, John. Uh, reason I'm calling. Oil question as well. Um, can you speak to uh, if you change brands, same weight, 
same synthetic, but go from Castrol to Mobile One or back and forth. Any issues, anything you can speak about that, in your experience, please? Um, none that I can think of. What I wouldn't do, and people tell me I'm crazy, which is pretty normal, uh, but for say, for instance, you had three bottles of Pennzoil and two bottles of, uh, I don't know, the, the Walmart SuperTech. And you like, they're both 530, they're both the same API thing, they're both synthetic. Can I use that five instead of buying, you know, three more of one or two more of the other? I don't like to do that because individual brands of oil have different additives in them. And I don't know that it really makes a difference, but in my head somewhere, if I'm doing a full oil change, the five quarts should be the same five quarts. Now, if you switch from, you know, Pennzoil to Castrol to Quaker State for a full oil change, no difference whatsoever. But if you do it, but just, I don't like mixing the brands together. Now, you know, if you're driving down the road, you know, like Arthur, who just called in, and his RAV4 is down two quarts of oil, and he pulls into you know, the the Seven Eleven and gets whatever there is off the shelf, that's fine. But as far as for a full oil change, I like to use the same kind. And, um, you know, I've used over my lifetime, I've used, it, I think, every brand of oil there is. Right now, I seem to be stuck on Pennzoil, and I don't know why. Uh, previously, I used the, um, the Walmart SuperTech, and I remember having somebody at work, we were, had this big oil discussion. I said, why are you being so cheap? Why are you spending, you know, you're saving $4 on an oil change doing it yourself? And I said to him, I don't know. I just looked at it. And since then, and there is a, um, there's a YouTube guy. It's like farm tested or something like that. Farm something. And he does all these weird tests of everything from uh, generators to arc welders to all kinds. And he, he does a pretty sophisticated looking little oil test where he takes a, uh, a little motor and runs it and runs his little bearing surface down. And he found that the Walmart oil was actually better than some of the name brand oils as far as reducing heat and wear. So, you know, somebody said to me, why would you do that? And I, and I said, well, Walmart doesn't make their own oil. You know, there's bigger companies Walmart is. They don't own a refinery. They buy it from somebody else. And either they were buying it from Shell or they were buying it from Ashland petroleum and they make oil for all kinds of people so you know i again it's change it from one brand to another for a full oil change no difference whatsoever but again the only thing i wouldn't do is mix you know two quarts of castro with three quarts of quaker state and maybe i'm crazy but to me you know everybody pushes their additives and why their additives make their oil better than somebody else's additives and their oil so maybe just don't mix the two together that's all that John, yeah, this was. I was always doing Castrol, and then uh, situation came up. It was only Mobile One, so you know, I said, "Hey, same thing, same weight, everything." So, yep. Yep. Both no, you're, you're 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 fine. You're fine, and it was even you know way back when there was different kinds of synthetic oil. There was you know there was different grades of synthetic. One was made with base petroleum products, and one was like you know, made in a factory, sort of, you know, chemically made. And now synthetic oil, synthetic oil, they're all about the same. Um, you know, they all meet this certain criteria, and once they meet that criteria, even though it's made with, you know, ground-up dinosaurs and all kinds of stuff, it still is, you know, it still is all the little molecules are all the same, 
which makes synthetic oil synthetic oil. So. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that, John. I do appreciate your expertise. It you know, puts your mind at ease when you speak with somebody. So I do it when you're – after I speak with you, I always feel like I've got an answer that, I've, that I needed to know, and I, I appreciate that. So I'll, I will leave – yeah, I, um, I will leave with this. I will uh, wish Merry Christmas to you and your family, and I hope Santa Claus is good to you, John. Well, I, as long as Santa Claus isn't bad to me, that's all I care about. As long, you know, if I if I can come out on the other the other side of Christmas about where I am now, it's all good. So that's a good thing. Yes. All, all right. Thank you, Connor. All right. Take Appreciate care. Bye bye. Merry bye. Christmas to you and your family too. Uh, somebody wrote to me and said I am looking at a 2020 Mercedes E350 from a Mercedes dealer, and they said when I opened the door, it smelled stupid sweet. Like a hundred little trees hanging from the rearview mirror, the dealer told us the original owner was a smoker. They tried to get rid of the tobacco smell. Is there a way to get rid of the smell without masking it? Um, most sprays will only mask the smell. Um, there's something called osium, which is pretty good. Um, uh, Zep Products, which makes all kinds of commercial cleaners and stuff. They have a smoke eliminator product. I think that's what they call it, smoke eliminator. Uh, some reconditioning shops uh, will use even Febreze, which is supposed to encapsulate the smell. If that, I don't even know how that is supposed to work. Um, the other thing is you could go to a rental store and get something called an ozone generator. Um, ozone generators are used sometimes in hotel rooms. Uh, where somebody may have smoked in a room they're not supposed to, or, you know, pet-friendly hotels, and there was a problem. Uh, and the ozone generators, which you don't want to breathe in ozone, um, so you don't want to be in the car while the ozone generator is doing its thing, but that might eliminate the smell, and that is, again, sort of a um, no-cover-up sort of thing. It it, the ozone sort of eats it up. Um, the stuff that someone sent me called No Nasty you know, um, might work. It's an odor-eliminating spray. All I've sprayed it on so far is sneakers and seem to work all right. Um, so maybe give it a try. We need to take a, another break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on 95.9 WATD. If you want to give us a call, 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Phone lines are open just for you. We'll be right back. AAA is with you at every moment in your life. They have 24-hour 7 roadside assistance, which covers you in any car you're driving or riding in, even a rental or your friend's wheels. They have great member rates on home and auto insurance, savings on travel, hotels and rental cars, and discounts on hundreds of your favorite brands. You're covered on and off the road. Learn more at aaa.com join. Talk radio with a South Shore point of view. Hi, I'm Kevin Chachi. Join me tomorrow for Monday Night Talk, where the South Shore comes to talk. Tomorrow night after the 6 o'clock news here on 95.9 WATD.
to the car doctor program uh jesse you gonna pull like every christmas song out for next week since it's uh christmas eve day i'm just trying to find the most sleepy ones for you i i was gonna i was gonna say you you know it's yeah yeah well i'm sure i'm sure we can find you know grandma got run over by a reindeer or something so we'll do that we'll we'll find that for next time yeah yeah uh if you want to join us, we still have some time left. Our phone number is 781-837-4900. If you'd like to chat with us about your car, maybe it's, who knows who knows what it is. I had an interesting question come in this week, and it was somebody with a brand new or relatively new 2023, which should be brand new, Kia Sorento, and they've only owned the car for two months. They've only put 1,500 miles on it, and the maintenance reminder is saying it's time to come in for an oil change. And they're like, why is it saying that? It's is there something sneaky going on here? Did uh, you know was the was the you know was there more mileage on the car than there was really supposed to be? Um, they were just concerned. Well, the maintenance reminder is based on time and mileage, and although the factory might say the oil needs to be changed every seven or eight thousand miles there's usually two settings in there one that's a lower mileage one one that's a higher one depending on the type of driving you do now when the car is delivered to the customer they are supposed to reset the reminder so it starts at zero so even though the car might have 30 or 40 miles on it when it gets delivered they don't take that into account it's just get reset to zero uh because the calendar starts clicking whether the car gets used or not. So maybe that car sat on the lot for a month and a half. Well, if they did the PDI inspection, the pre-delivery inspection, as soon as it came off the truck, and they reset the maintenance reminder then, well, still the car is still still sitting there. And that oil that's just sitting there when the vehicle's not being used, not really a lot going to happen with that. So... I don't think there was any shenanigans involved. I think this was more of it wasn't reset when they got delivery of the vehicle. So, you know, whatever the time frame is, if you have another month or four months to go, whatever it is, just kind of use that and not the countdown clock that says it's time to get the oil changed uh, because it may have just not been set the way it's supposed to be. I haven't reviewed any new cars lately because um, I haven't gotten any. Uh, here in uh, here down south, I'm sort of on the list, but uh, all of the new vehicles are being uh, you know being swapped out for new ones, and I'm kind of the new guy down here, so I'm kind of at the bottom of the list. I did this week actually meet with the folks from Wheels TV, and we picked our favorite. Um, used vehicle they have something called a previously owned vehicle award or the povey i guess is what it is and jim barrisano is the guy who uh, runs wheels tv but it was a pretty good group of people who voted it was 
myself, John Zagari, who has been on this program, who's co-host of Drive Through Radio, uh, Craig Fitzgerald, who's been on this program, who um, writes for a variety of websites, including Subaru's Magazine. He's the editor-in-chief of Subaru's Magazine. Um, there was a guy who used to write for Motor Trend. I didn't really know him before. Interesting guy. Wayne Carini, the host of Chasing Classic Cars, was there. Uh, Natalie Harrington, who has been on this program before. We've talked to her about some of the stuff she does with um, with Car Gurus. She's, she's, I think now she's considered the senior editor at Car Gurus. And... Um, and one of the other folks from Wheels TV. So, uh, so we're going to talk with them maybe over the next few weeks to talk about w- the used vehicle awards and which ones won w- what category. I think I was two for five uh, as far as what we like. But they had an interesting new category this time. It was sort of the classic car category, what you thought would be really an interesting car. Wayne Carini, obviously, that's his business. So he was he was sort of interesting on that side as well. So... Uh, um, it, was kind of, it was kind of a little fun thing to do. But what someone did send me, and this is kind of a funny story, somebody sent me a um, uh, a, a tool called the TI Block 5-in-1 Multi-Tool. It's a little multi-tool. It's basically a knife and a screwdriver and a bottle opener. Um, so it's, I guess it's 5-in-1 because it's two types of screwdrivers, a knife blade, a bottle opener, and I guess the bottle opener you can pry with or something so handy little tool um it's a uh, uh, neat thing to kind of play with we're going to try actually using it in real life over the next couple of weeks or so to see what it's like but what was sort of interesting the company who sent it to me got directions from the pr company who sent me the information about it they Combine my north and south address together. So I never got it, and I called the company up, and they said, no, we show it delivered. And I said, where would you deliver it to? So they used half of my north address, half of my south address. Come to find out, there's a street with the same name down here. So I drove there and drove around and... It's and there's a box sitting on a chair, and I called the company up and I said, I'm "Just got a question. You said it shows delivery. Is it on a white table in between two orange chairs?" And she said, "Yeah, that's exactly where it is." I said, "Well, it was delivered about seven miles away from my house." So I went and knocked on a door. The person who owned the house, their that house was actually damaged. They were living across the street at their mother's house. Knocked on that door, said. Oh, is that your house over there? I think they delivered a box to you. And the guy said to me, oh, that was delivered yesterday. Are you John? And I said, yeah, I am. And we said hi. And uh, off we went. I also said to him, they might be sending another one. I said, if you get it, just keep it. So I don't know if they will or not, but I don't know if they sent it or not. But kind of a funny story with the post office. But this 5-in-1 multi-tool, Phillips screwdriver, regular screwdriver. Um, What's kind of nice is... um, the screwdriver blade actually locks at a 90-degree angle, so you can actually put some real kind of force on it to make it actually work, which is kind of nice. So, uh, The company's called uh, 
uh, True, and it's True Tools and Blades is their website. And we'll talk more about this tool and another little tool they sent me, which is kind of neat, too. We'll talk about that in the next couple weeks. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. And if you're not listening next week, Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.